Assalamu alaikum everyone. I hope that you guys are doing great. So today's episode is going to be about how to leave a haram relationship. This is a topic that you guys asked for. A lot of the episodes that I'm putting out recently has been based on your suggestion. So if you do have a suggestion, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram and let me know. I want to start off this podcast by just talking about a few special things that I mention almost every time. If you are a girl and you would like to join a girls only discord, reach out to me, click the link. I have a discord. It's everywhere. If you are interested in taking transformation classes, transformation on how to let go of bad things that might go on in your life, such as, you know, overcoming a heartbreak, going through depression, anxiety, how to battle these things through the Quran, the Hadiths and Sunnah and through science, please reach out to me. I will be starting classes in February. I have already, alhamdulillah, some people who signed up. So just let me know and I'm here for you guys. I will be providing some classes with a bunch of different resources that I will also be giving you guys reflection sheets and whatnot. Every month will be a different topic. So February will be about anxiety. March will be about depression. April will be about heartbreak and just like that I'll be going through different topics. So if you see a topic that interests you, you sign up, you let me know and you can just go on my Instagram. I have a highlights that's called classes and you can just learn more about that but I want to mention it on here because I do know that some of you guys are looking for things like that anyway so I'm gonna get straight into the episode I'm going to be talking about how to leave a haram relationship so this is not easy because you know people they give very general advice when you're in a haram relationship the first thing they say is let it go you know like hellfire is hot it's, it's a sin you're never gonna be happy and all those facts are true but saying it and doing it are two different things and it's very very easy for you to sit here and tell someone oh my god you know don't go into a haram relationship it's you know zinna and all these bad things come out of it you're gonna go to hellfire again it's easy to tell people about the punishment and the outcome but it's not that easy to sit here and tell people about the steps that they need to take to get out of it this episode we'll be discussing the steps and a lot more that goes into it so on a side note, Alhamdulillah, I turned 18 two days ago. And it's such a big blessing because, you know, God has blessed you with more days to become a better person and to continue your worship with him because that is the point of life. So Alhamdulillah, I know that all the other episodes I recorded was when I was 17, guys. So this is my first episode when I'm 18. And for anyone that is trying to rush and wants to become an adult, don't. Feeling 18 is not any different. Anyway, so in my 18 years, I've seen four main cases when it comes to haram relationships. And you're going to find yourself in one of these four cases if you are in one right now. If you're in a haram relationship and you're listening to this, don't give up hope and feel like I'm attacking you or like I'm here to hurt you. No, I'm just trying to show you that you're going to fall in one of these categories and what you can do to get out of it. The first category that I'm going to be talking about is the category that every single person that goes into a haram relationship thinks it's going to end up like and it doesn't you know the thing is when you get into a relationship that is unlawful before marriage you don't go with the mindset that oh i'm doing this to not please allah i'm searching and i want to look for one no when you're practicing muslim you know that dating before marriage is not allowed so you don't ever make up this mindset that i'm going to go do it on purpose because i want to angry god and i want to you know like that's not how that works you end up in an unfortunate series of events where maybe you're very very depressed you found someone that comforts you a series of events you know you didn't refrain from free mixing you found someone through a mutual whatever it is there was always a step where refrainment could have been possible but it didn't happen fortunate 
you know, series of events led on, whatever. And then you're in this situation and now you feel hopeless and you want to get out, but you don't know how to get out without breaking the other person's heart, right? I, I, I get it. I understand. And that's the thing because majority of people, they don't ever talk about the side. They always say, oh, you're going to go to hell. It's haram. But the thing is, as a teenager, I have heard and understood from so many different people that were in haram relationships that have DM'd me on Instagram that this is their exact problem. And this equation is very, very difficult to break out of. And the first case that you'll always find is when someone goes into a haram relationship, they'll meet someone perfect. And this person could be perfect. And honestly, like, they could be perfect for you. And when you meet someone that, you know, fits your criteria so well, you instantly think, why are haram relationships not allowed? Like, it's amazing. I met someone amazing. Why is it not allowed? But that's just your case. And the thing is, when it comes to finding someone perfect is, if they're if they're truly perfect, they will have the intention of marrying you and they'll have the intention of meeting with your family and whatnot. And maybe in your relationship, that is the case. They do want to meet your parents. You guys are fixing it out. And you guys are trying to fix your financial situation. Cool. I get that. But the problem here is this. You don't know anyone's intentions. Now, when I talk about this, especially girls, they're the first ones to go crazy. And they're like, I know he loves me. I know, but like, he's different compared to everyone else. Like, he's done this for me. He's done that for me. I bet he has. And I bet maybe he's a good person. But what he's doing to you is not good. And what you're doing to him is not good. If he's a Muslim, first of all, both of you, you need to care about your ahira a little bit more than that. So what you need to do is get out. Get out. And I, one thing that I tell every single girl, every single time they DM me, I'm like, stop talking to him. If he's so perfect, stop talking to him. Tell him that you want him to come meet your parents. If he starts throwing a fuss, then you know exactly where you stand. Girls don't like this method because this method automatically makes them feel like it's oversimplified and doesn't take into account the depth of their relationship. I get that, but at the same time, marriage, I get it, finding the person is hard, but the actual process was never meant to be as confusing and as big as it is today. It never was. It was meant to be simple and easy, and it's simple and easy. Don't make things more complicated than they are. If you are so openly in love with this guy and he's so openly in love with you and you guys are perfect and you're telling him meet my parents meet my parents meet my parents and he's like yeah yeah yeah, i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it waiting for my job to fix out waiting for this year of my school to finish he's always has something to say then tell him that i'm not gonna talk to you until you come and if in this time frame whether it's a day two days three weeks a month or even a year if he doesn't come back you know exactly where you stood in your life in his life too because if you were so sacrificial and you guys were so perfect for each other he would come. He would come. Because if you're in a haram relationship and you're so addicted to talking to each other, being with each other, calling each other, already, yeah, it's wrong. But if you're trying to make it right and you feel guilty and this dude is so perfect, you have no doubt in your mind, you better tell him to come. Stop. Like, stop being so hesitant. There's nothing for you to be hesitant about. And the problem is, some men, they feel scared. They're like, oh, I'm scared. You know, I don't know what your dad will think of me. Your mom might not like me. I'm from a different ethnicity, whatever. I'm from a different place whatever it is it doesn't matter because if he comes forth to them with respect and does it all right the islamic halal way and your parents reject for something like race color whatever that's that's a separate issue and that's not something that we should be doing because in islam they promote us to do marriages outside of you know your typical comfort zone get married to people from different nations because allah has made them for a reason so explore them get to know them and spread out right we all know that however 
One other hadith where they state that if someone's character pleases you in regards to how they are religiously, get married to them. All the other things don't really matter that much. It's about this person's deen that matters. And if your parents reject, that's a whole other issue and that's a whole other topic. Because then you're going to have to go on a journey of convincing them. And you're going to have to prove to them that this person's good. And I have a whole episode about, you know, haram relationships and like when your parents disagree and whatnot. So just scroll down, you'll find that. But this man, he needs to come forth. And the problem is a lot of men, they're scared. Oh, I'm scared to meet your parents. I don't think they'll like me. What's there to be scared about? Because when you come forth, especially in this generation, especially with what's going on today, you should be proud of yourself for coming forth. Now, you shouldn't be proud that you were in a haram relationship before. You should not be proud of that. But if you're trying to make it right and he has come and met your parents and whatnot, go for it. Now, of course, there's a very, very important step in between, which is repentance. You need to repent. You have to. If you repent sincerely, do toba, stop talking, stop touching, stop meeting until you get your marriage done legally, lawfully, and Islamically, inshallah, why won't Allah accept your repentance? If you really love someone and you really want someone, you're going to turn to God. If you really love someone and you haven't turned to God, you don't love them enough. I'm telling you, you just don't. I can tell. You really don't. And one thing that I want to tell you is this applies to a lot of the kids that are maybe, you know, 19, 20, whatever, older, that are in the position to get married. Now, for the people that are younger, that are maybe 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever, and you know that your parents are not going to let you get married yet, and you're in a haram relationship, it becomes a little bit hard. Because to tell him, hey, come marry me, automatically, both families will say, no, you're too young. He doesn't have a financial job. He doesn't have a financial income. And that's a problem even when you're in your 20s. The thing is, getting a financial stream is very, very important because if you don't have one, parents instantly say no because how are you supposed to take care of, you know, your spouse? That makes sense. And I get that. But one really, really important factor that I feel like parents need to remember is financial income is very, very important. But if you know, like I'm saying like, you know, from the get go, your children were in haram relationships and now this guy has come forth and he's asking, you know, for your daughter, whatever, you know they're in one and you're still saying no because of their financial situation, I just find that to be a little bit off because you know, like your kids have already been in a haram relationship. They're trying their best to get out of it. Don't delay and constantly allow the gateway or something for something haram to continue to happen. Because now they're trying to fix their wrongs. And you're stopping it because of financial situation. I share the story of Musa al-Islam on here about how he had no job. And when he got I mean, he when he got married to his wife, you know, he was a fugitive under the law. He ran away. And he worked under his wife's dad for, I think, nearly eight years. He worked for a long years under him to make money. So having an income stream is not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be from the get-go, now, of course, you need to make sure this person has the capabilities because if you're sending your you know, your daughter off with someone that's lazy, has no even intention of getting a job, then this person's clearly not perfect, as we discussed. They're clearly not good. For the parents and for the kids that are going to talk to their parents, you really need to put it in the brain that be open about it. If they know you did a haram relationship, tell them straight up, like, yeah, you know I, do. I was in a haram relationship. I know I messed up. You know I messed up. I'm trying my best to make toba, and I want to fix this. Please don't let little things like this get in the way. Such a financial situation. I get it. It's not easy. It's not. It's not. But you can't allow yourself to constantly throw in the pits of zina and doing bad things.
And one other thing that I want to tell you, like I said, like a few minutes ago, for the kids that are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, just in the ages that they can't get married. One thing that I'm going to tell you that you're not going to like to hear, but you are going to try your best to do it and it will change your life is I'm going to tell you the same exact advice. Tell them, hey, we can't get married right now. You know, we still got school, whatever. There's so much ahead of us. We're too young. If you're written for me, you will come back. I know you will. So let's end this off here. Now, this can be very, very hard because you don't know if this person will actually wait. You don't know. You know, you're 15 in a haram relationship with someone for, I don't know, two, three years, whatever, whatever age you are, you've been with them for years, maybe months, and you've developed an attachment. You don't think that you can live without them. But the funny part is, as you grow old, your change, your taste in men and your just taste in life, it changes. I know you may sit there and think like, oh my god, I'm with the most perfect person ever. He's like this, he's like that. Trust me, as you go, grow old, like your taste just changes. And it's one of those things that just comes with time. Trust me, without a shadow of a doubt. I stay adamant on what I said. No one can tell me likewise. Your opinion changes. And when you're 15 and 16 and you think that, oh my God, this is the old and be old, this is the perfect person. Okay, then let's wait it out because love does not have conditions. Love is always unconditional. So tell this person straight up that even if me and you are perfect, we're going great. You know, our parents may not know. We're happy. We're meeting up. We're doing whatever we want. Like, it's perfect in the sense of loyalty as well, which, by the way, a haram relationship can never be perfect. And the reason being because Allah's barakah are not in it. The reason why I'm saying perfect, I'm saying in sense of compatibility. You think that you and this person are very compatible. So no one cut out a random clip of my podcast and post it and try to expose me and be like, oh my God, she said this. No, I did not. Please listen completely. So I'm talking in sense of compatibility. You think that you get along with this person very, very well. But... A haram relationship itself will never have barakah in it because it's barakah, first of all, comes from God. And if you're doing something that displeases God, how do you find yourself to be happy? It's not going to work. If you're not pleasing God, you're not going to be happy. It's simple as that. There's no loopholes around it. And I know that sometimes when you're in a haram relationship, you sit there and you think, God, you know exactly like how desperate I am and how badly I want to let go, but I can't let go. You're the one who makes it easy. Make it easy. I get it. I get it. But you need to realize that Allah's commandments are his commandments. And he's not going to make them conditional for someone. They were sent beforehand and everything that's haram is haram because it harms you every single time. And we can go on a whole episode about how every single thing that's forbidden is not, is not for, I'm sorry. Am I cutting? I'm sorry. Guys, this is why I try to like not get off topic, but it always happens. Everything that's forbidden for you is forbidden for a reason. When you take, you know, loans, interests, haram relationships, drinking all these things play a toll on your life so don't act like they don't like everything that's you know unlawful is not unlawful for a reason it is so already automatically you're not gonna have butter cut in this and it's not gonna work out great i can tell you that already but you need to you need to test their intentions that's the only way you can go about this you need to straight up tell them i don't care how old we are if you're written for me you're not gonna miss me and i think that no People can ever speak against other. They really can't. You can sit there and make promises. I'm going to come back for you. I'm not going to leave you. You know, I really, really love you. I don't care if I'm 21 waiting for you. I'm like, okay, okay, then let's do it. Let's do it. And that's the thing. Sometimes, especially girls, y'all get too dang emotional. Stop getting emotional for a second and think rationally, bro. 
men, same for you. It's very, I'm sorry, I hate to say this, but a lot of men, they don't show their emotions that much. Nothing bad with it, I understand. Whatever it is, sometimes you get so freaking emotional that you're not willing to sit down and think rationally. Think about your partner. Stop living in a bubble that this person's perfect. No one is perfect, first of all. And I guarantee that you guys have some toxic stuff in your relationship. Don't try to act like you don't. Don't try to shut me off. Don't try to pause me. I know exactly what you're trying to do now. So don't do that. But every single person has a little bit of toxic stuff in them. So don't, it's not, it's never going to be perfect, but it's going to be compatible and it's going to be with someone they can go about. So you're going to tell this person straight up, we're too young and I just feel like this isn't something we can do right now. If we continue to go about this, are the chances of us even getting married are going to slim? Because look, if there's no butaka, why do you expect God to make butaka in something that he said no towards? So already the chances of you guys getting married, if it happens, alhamdulillah, you know, miracle. You better repent and you better make toba. And if you don't care at all, it's very, very low that it might happen. Now, of course, this is God's qadr. You never know. I know a lot of people who probably have done haram relationships, didn't even make toba. they're married, they're great, whatever. But that doesn't mean it's right. And you know what? That's the thing. In a haram relationship, you just kind of go through and you think, I'm going to make it halal. And if Allah blesses you with the opportunity to make it halal and you're repenting and it works out good for you. But the truth is you really don't know how long you're going to live. And I want you to imagine yourself going to bed tonight and waking up tomorrow in your grave. And then you're sitting there and you're like, crap, like, oh my God, no, no, no. Like, what, what, what? What happened now? What are you going to do now? Nothing. Nothing. Because once you're in your grave and once, you know, you're going to go wherever Allah decides, there's nothing you can do. You've lived as much of your life as Allah had written. That, that was that was it. And you chose not to repent. You chose not to make it halal. And if you couldn't make a halal, you chose not to let it go. So don't live on this aspiration of saying, I was going to make it halal. I'm, I'm going to make it halal because you don't know when. You don't know when. So ultimately, there's no point in you staying in the relationship. If you see that there's a future, you see that you guys can make it halal, go for it. You know, stop talking excessively, stop meeting up, stop doing things that are bad. And tell your parents, make it halal. And if you know that you're too young and you can't do it, let it go for now. The thing is, when love is really, really unconditional, it's going to surpass all boundaries. It doesn't matter if someone needs to wait, again, five years for you, they will do that. And if you kept it halal throughout that time frame and you, you know, read the hajjad, you prayed, you got on your deen and you started to get close to God, why, inshallah, why not, won't God give you what you, you know, like if it's good for you, you're going to get it. You will. And the thing is, some people, they don't like to hear about this whole making it halal stuff because it's, it's, a, it's kind of difficult to do because you got to get your parents involved. So they continue to stay in this quote, quote, perfect relationship. But my question is, do you know anyone's intentions? Truth is, no, you're never going to know anyone's intentions. You sometimes struggle to not know your own. Sometimes we're doing things blindly and we don't even know why we're doing them. So it makes you think that you know someone else's intentions. So living in this perspective that this person is great for me, don't just undermine their intentions. You need to look at the way they go about things. And that's why I'm telling you, you need to bring up the topic of, you know, making it halal, fixing it, finding a way, whatever. Because if they go crazy and they have 10,000 excuses, you know exactly where you stand. Their intentions comes forth at that moment. And when you give the threat of isolation and not talking, if they care enough, they're going to they're gonna fix it. But if they don't care, then clearly you know that they didn't even love you that much. You love them a little bit way more than they loved you. 
The second case you're going to see very, very often is, again, they'll have the intention for marriage. Almost all of them do, unless, you know, they're just not even really out here trying to make anything serious. But if you really love someone, you make it serious. And the second case, you'll see someone who's trying to fix someone else so they can be presented to their parents. And by fix, I mean they'll be trying to get rid of their bad habits. You know, maybe vaping, smoking, alcohol, partying, drugs, weed, um, not praying. And if they're a non-Muslim person, you're probably are trying to convince them of the faith. You're probably saying they're like, hey, bro, let me defrost some dawah on you. Here's what's up. And maybe they're not believing. So now you're in a predicament. I love this person, but he's a disbeliever. Or I love this person and he's Muslim, but he got bad habits. Both scenarios, you know, one's a disbeliever with bad habits, one is a Muslim with bad habits. You really stuck. But you love this guy so sincerely, and, you know, maybe he loves you back, but vice versa, that you're willing to work on it, and you're willing to fix this person. But one thing that I feel like you're not remembering is that it's not your job to fix him, especially not in a haram relationship. You're not even supposed to be in this relationship in the first place. And now you're going out of your way to try to fix someone that's not even your responsibility. Like, you're going to fix this man, and, like, he can get married to someone else. You know that? Like, does that hurt? I know that might hurt. I know that's not easy to hear. But seriously, you're going to fix up this man and, like, he might just move on or, like, get married to someone else. You're going to be left in the dust. I know that sounds harsh to hear, but that, that's the reality because nothing's promised. And the way that you're going about this, sacrificing yourself, sacrificing your iman, sacrificing your family, sacrificing Allah, everything. Like, you're throwing these things aside. You don't care. And you're willing to do everything for this man to fix him and to heal him up and say, you know, help him through everything. And then bring him forth to your parents to then make it halal. So your parents will say, yes, this is really, really bad idea. This is a horrible idea. And sadly, you will see this stage in every single relationship. Now, I'm not saying that in a halal marriage, again, in a halal marriage, every single individual has weaknesses. So, of course, you're going to have to spend time, you know, fixing, working, and helping with each other. That's different. That's a halal marriage. And inshallah, Allah will reward you for your efforts, right? Because you both are trying to become better people. Now, the question comes down to what are you doing there? There's nothing for you to do there. And I'm going to lay out a little idea in front of you. And I just want you to sit here and think about this. So, you're in a haram relationship with someone. Let's say you die. You're dead. This person sees your death and they take that as a sign and they remember Allah. They repent, they make tawbah, they move on. They get into a halal marriage. They live their life with the deen. You, on the other hand, were too busy trying to fix this haram relationship, which it wasn't going to be fixed anyway because it was haram. And now you're stuck in your grave bearing consequences and more impending consequences. May Allah protect us, but that's it's going to come. And he, on the other hand, he moved on. He repented, he made tawbah. Is that fair to you? Is that fair to your ahira? You know it's not. Don't act like it is. So why are you doing that? You don't know what can happen any minute, right? Whether they die, you die. And your significant other, let's say you're a girl and the guy dies. Do you really want that for him? That he dies and he's bearing the consequences for your relationship and he never got the chance to repent? But you, on the other hand, you got the chance to repent. So you moved on, you fixed your life, and now you're practicing the deen. Do you really want that? I know you don't want that. You don't. No one wants that for someone they love. You can't allow that to happen to someone you love. If you love someone, you care about their ahira, 1,000%. So don't waste your time trying to fix this person. 
because Allah is the one that fixes. We just talk. We help. We are laymen. And you know, Alhamdulillah, I have so many people who DM me and they say very, very sweet things. But one thing that I always tell everyone is like, oh good, you see in me is from God. I am no one in this process. I'm just a layman. I just say whatever and everything. The rest is from Allah, honestly. So again, your words of healing may be good. But nothing's going to heal you until you leave that relationship. 1000%. Write that down somewhere. I don't care. You're not going to heal completely until you let go of the haram in your life. And if you think that staying with someone who's helping you heal is going to heal your past trauma, you are only accumulating trauma. Because now, while this person may have helped you heal from your past trauma, you are literally gaining more and more depression and sadness without knowing why. Because even if you have everything and you have someone you love, you are disobeying God. So the buttercup is not there. Your life just feels pointless, even after having someone you love. So... You're not winning. You're not winning in any scenario right now. So if you think that staying with someone, they're healing me, they're helping me, they're, they're, you know, they're really comforting me. And I get that. I get that. You know, some people, they're really, really good at their words, whatever. But that doesn't mean that, you know, things are not going to go bad. Just because you think that someone is so kind, they're never going to hurt you. Sadly, the truth is everyone's going to hurt you at one point or another. Especially when it's in a haram relationship. Oh yeah, 1000%. They're going to hurt you one way or another. So you might as well just leave. And I know it's not easy to leave. I said this like a thousand times in this episode. It's not easy to dip on someone that has, you know, maybe anxiety, depression, whatnot. But these things are cured from Allah. Happiness is a gift from Allah. It's not something that we can rely on people for. And if you're relying on someone for happiness, you're not getting proper happiness. Because I t I'm telling you this for a fact. Your life becomes amazing when you submit to Allah. Write that down. No one can change my mind. When you submit yourself to God, things just don't seem like a bigger deal anymore. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have like hard situations. You will. You will have times where things will be really difficult. You will know what to do. I get that. But things won't be so big and smack to your heart and your face. Because this world just won't be that important anymore. Because you know that the one that you submitted to will take care of your affairs. But until you don't submit, you're not going to be happy. Because you're going to search for happiness everywhere else when Allah has never written complete permanent happiness in the other place permanent happiness is not even on this earth it's in it's in jannah it's with allah and who takes us to jannah it's allah so you should be submitting to allah not to someone else and even if they may have helped you through your darkest times it's gonna hurt to leave but do the damage get it done and start to heal and if you see this person move on after they said that they were going to kill themselves and they were suicidal and their depression their anxiety whatever and they probably were they probably did have a hard face you see them move on then that's the choice they made for themselves. You don't have to sit there and get depression, get sad, or try to get revenge. I read this beautiful quote. It said, don't bother seeking revenge. It was something like this. I don't. It's not word by word. Don't bother seeking revenge because the rotten fruits fall off themselves. If someone has chosen that path for themselves again, after you left them, after you told them why you're leaving, and after you emphasized how important it is to leave, so one, they can fix themselves, two, you guys can both fix your dean, and they still chose it, that is a 100% them problem, not a you problem, because after you decided that you're not going to get into a haram relationship, don't let their actions become a reflection on what you should do. Because at the end of the day, you know what's right and wrong, right? You know Allah, he's sent his commandment, and I always say this, that me and you can feel however you want, but Allah has already made a judgment. So there's nothing that me and you can do about this after that, right? And so it's our job to understand why and try our best to love what he has made a judgment on and follow it. And that's, that's where our 
happinesses as well. But if you see that, you know, maybe your boyfriend after you broke up with him is in another haram relationship six months later after you guys thought you guys weren't going to go be in ones and you guys thought that you were going to, you know, save for each other and wait for each other and then get married five years later, then you know exactly where you stand. You knew exactly where you stand. And girls, they like to justify this and say, well, he just made an impulsive decision. I know he loves me. Hey, man. Look, man, there's only so many excuses we can make. Let's be logical. Yeah, sure, he probably did love you. And maybe he still does. And maybe he got with someone else to get over you. But essentially, they're using someone else to get over you. And there, it's just a haram mess. And if someone truly, let me tell you something from the bottom of my heart, bro. When you love someone, like, and you know you can't be with them, I've seen the cases, I've seen the stories. Bro, you're going to wake up every single day for the hajjah. You're going to get cl close to God. You're going to do everything. But you're not going to be out here getting with someone else to distract yourself from the pain. You're not. And if you see someone that you really love did that, that's the route they chose for themselves. That's a them problem. And I'm sorry. You know where you stand and you know that you can't be around them anymore. That's it. It's time to pack on. Allah will bless you with someone else better and new inshallah when the time is right just keep your faith in that you know i have um seen especially in high school like you know when you go to high school it's not like a muslim high school thing like that haram relationships are so common dating is common and you know the one very very scary thing about dating that we don't talk about enough that i kind of learned from my four years looking at other people's relationships is this so the thing about dating that becomes a problem is when you constantly date people, and I'm talking like people that date for six months, they break up for two, then they're friends with benefits with another, and I've seen it. Like, I know people in my school that have, like, girlfriends that may be in different schools, and they'll be messing around with girls in the same school, and it'll just be, like, a whole mess. Like, they'll be trying to do, like, friends with benefits stuff and whatnot, and, like, they'll always have, like, a girl at every post. Like, I know that sounds so bad to say, but, like, they'll have a girl. Like, they have a girl that they hang out with at work, a girl that's for their school, a girl that's outside of school, a girl that they're going to go to college with. Like, they got it lined out, and the problem when it comes down to this is when you have a problem with, let's say, you know, the girl you really love, which was the girl you met at school, right? What is your reflex when you have a problem with her? Even if it's a minor problem, your reflex is, I need to get out of here. So you're instantly going to get out. And that's the problem because you have options. So when it comes to dating, even when you are dating just one person and you're loyal to this person, your automatic reflex from history, previous dating, future dating, and just the culture of dating is automatic reflex of getting out. So this is a behavior that has become very, very common for you now. So when you get married and you meet someone and he starts to maybe, you know, show a few toxic signs, which again is very normal, but you need to look at what those toxic signs are because we all have some and you need to, you know, be able to work through them, but whatever. Minor problems come up, which they will forever always come up in marriages. You're going to go crazy and your first reflex will be, I need to get a divorce. Because that's what you're used to. You think that, you know, I always used to just break up with whoever back in the day. And now I'm married to this person. I really love them. But they're being crazy. So I'm a dip. And you see the problem with this reflex is it has ruined millions of homes. It really has. Sometimes, look, there's valid reasons for divorce. 1,000% abuse. You know, just them cheating. Emotional abuse just anything like are you not compatible okay cool but then like you know i've seen cases where like couples will get divorced over something really really stupid and i understand that it's an accumulation of things honestly that kind of lead to a divorce i stand by that it's accumulation of things that lead to a divorce but sometimes all that you really need is to sit down and talk but since you were so caught up in dating in your high school years and in your college years and you never 
learn how to communicate, you just ran to the next person, your reflex is going to make you do the same thing. So there's people that are married and they're on their phone. They have their, you know, quote, quote, guy friends and friends that are males or whatnot or vice versa. And they're talking to them about their marriage problems. And they're like, oh, this is what's going on. My husband's whack, you know, da, da, da. And their friends on the other end will be like, yeah, you know what? Divorce him, divorce him, divorce him. I get on to divorce him. Next thing you know, six months later, they're married to him. And it's a cycle. And it's a reflex, you get out, you get out. And this has destroyed kids as well. Because they see their parents do that, then they think that I should do that. And if you're someone who's in a haram relationship, who's planning to have kids, think about it. Would you want your kids doing what you're doing? You wouldn't. So why do you do it to yourself? If you had a friend that came to you and said that I'm going to go be in a haram relationship, you know, he makes me sad, but I'm going to try to fix it. He's perfect, whatever. She was getting into a haram relationship, period. Would you support her? No, you wouldn't. You would say, don't do that. It's, it's, you know, it's forbidden. Don't do that. What not? But why are you doing it to yourself? Try to find an answer to that question. And don't say it's because I love him or it's because I love her. Get a new answer. I want to, I want to hear a new one. Third type of couple that I've seen very, very commonly is kind of referring back to what I said earlier is when they're hurt and hopeless. Like both of you have hurt each other so much and both of you have lost hope tremendously. And this is honestly, I don't even understand. Okay, this is going to sound mad toxic of me, but why are you even staying? First of all, we shouldn't be in a haram relationship anyway. I think I emphasized that enough. But the thing here is this, like I mentioned a thousand times, I'm not going to just tell you or, you know, get out of a haram relationship, which you should, which I am telling you in a manner, but I'm also evaluating the four main that I see. So when it comes to this type of haram relationship, my question comes down to what are you benefiting from even staying here? When you're hurt and they have hurt you, you know, there's a limit to getting hurt. Like we hurt each other. It's, it's normal. You know, someone might be toxic. Someone might do something you might not like. Hurting each other is very, very common. But when you and him are hurt to points where there's no turning back, you can't, you forgave each other, but you know, deep line, you still have those emotions and you still remember what they did. And you kind of just feel hopeless. Like none of you have the energy to restart, redo and work from the bottom to up. Why are, what's the point? What's the point? It's haram anyway. You hurt yourself. He's hurt. There's really no hope. Both you quote, quote, forgave each other, but low key have like underlying grudges. Y'all just cannot get over it. Their actions really damaged you. And you know what? Even if it's in a haram relationship, like, look, here's the thing. In a haram relationship, obviously there's love. That's why majority of Muslim people stay. And when we come to the discussion of love, when you really love someone and they do something to you, it hurts because you expect them to listen, but they didn't. Now, let's say, for example, you know, you get married to someone and you tell this person, hey, don't go behind their back talking to, you know, so-and-so. Next thing you find out, eight months later, they're talking to so-and-so. It might not be in a flirty way, but they're talking to them. And they've been talking to them for months. Now, that hurts you because you start to question, is the way that they felt for me even real? Why were they not listening to me? Why were they talking to so-and-so? What does she have that I don't? It automatically just starts a train of thoughts, right? So when there's something you dislike and your partner does it, it makes you wonder a lot. And a lot of times that's the case in this hurt and hopeless scenario because... You didn't like something, you told what you wanted, they didn't listen, vice versa, whatever. And at this point, there's really no reason for you to stay. I understand that, like, it's very, very important to ride it out and, you know, work with someone, stay through thick and thin. But this is something that you do in a marriage, okay? And this sounds so toxic because if you're not Muslim and you're listening to this and you don't really understand why relationships are haram, then this is going to just sound like a big toxic episode to you. But if you're Muslim, I need you to understand that already what you're doing is unlawful. 
and now you're staying here, you're hurting yourself. You're getting yourself hopeless. You're getting yourself depressed. And you know, there's a beautiful hadith where they tell us that your body has huck over you. It has a right over you. And if you know that you're this hurt, and you know that even when I try to project the thought of me marrying this person, this one thing that they did that hurt me so much comes into brain, are you really being wise by staying there? Practically, no, you're not. Because, you know, good and well, you can't get over it. You know, good and well, they cross some boundaries that you can't handle. And, you know, good and well, there's no place for you to stay here. But the reason why people stay in this relationship is because of the memories that they already made that are not going to come back. But it's like we spent so much time together. Two, they're too scared to get out because they don't know who to do it first. Three, the thought of being lonely. Like, how do I settle in life after this? And I think one thing that really holds people in haram relationships back from breaking up is what's next because you know when you're in a haram relationship you have a habit you text someone every day at night or you meet with someone up every day at the afternoon you have a routine that you have assembled them in and now when you know good and well it's hurt hopeless done this case is done i'm guilty i don't need to get out of this relationship i want to go back to god you're scared because while you do want to do what's right you don't know how to get out of that routine and truthfully you're going to have lots of lonely nights. You will. You'll have lots of nights where you'll you'll feel sad. You'll feel depressed. You want to cry. You'll want to text them. You want to go meet up with them. You will. But you need to remember in these lonely nights, what are you actually persevering for? You're doing it for God and you're doing it for yourself. And when God wants to take you out of a situation, what makes you think that he's going to leave you lonely? He's not. He never will. And it's not easy. Really, it's not. There's a beautiful quote, I think, and it goes along the lines of, an idle mind is a devil's playground. And I think that this is beautiful. And one thing that I really want to recommend to everyone that are going through, you know, haram relationship breakups is like, the biggest thing that I can tell you is don't keep an idle mind. You know, sit there and be very, very honest with yourself and with God. You messed up. You did wrong. But that doesn't mean that we're going to fix our wrongs by doing more wrongs on top. All it really takes, I say this every time, is for you to open up the prayer mat and who your one sincere prayer, one sincere repentance could be the reason five years of haram relationships are gone. Those sins are gone. And you know, Allah, sometimes he even turns good deeds, I'm sorry, bad deeds into good deeds because he loves us that much. So always make dua for that as well. Why not? Because imagine those five years of bad deeds you did turning to good ones. Isn't that going to benefit you? But to get on you know, this whole side of sincerely repenting and whatnot, you have to make sincere toba and to let go of what you're doing. Okay? So that's something very important to remember. Finally, if we're going to talk from like an emotional perspective, forget religion for a second because, yeah, religiously, you know, you've damaged your relationship with God. But that doesn't mean it can't be fixed. That doesn't mean it can't be fixed. Your relationship with God can always be fixed. So don't worry. Inshallah, you know, you come back to God. God will make it easy and you need to believe that he's sufficient. Okay, but when we talk from an emotional perspective, I think the thing that you tend to forget when you're in like a hurt and hopeless relationship is that hurt had became such a big part of your life that now subconsciously it is a part of your personality. So sometimes when you get out of a haram relationship, you don't like who you are and you're like, I wasn't like this before. What made me like this before? I was so happy and jolly before and you instantly think I was happy with him. You see, that's the thing. I was happy with him and then I left him and that's why I'm not happy. No, 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 no. That's not necessarily the case. You were temporary having small moments of happiness with him. What really the case was, 
who you were before when you had a relationship with God, when you were a better, healthier individual, individual took care of themselves and understood their boundaries. And then heading into that relationship, getting hurt, getting sad, getting feeling guilty, having your iman, you know, like being at risk, all these things, they dulled you down over the time. Because at the end of the day, you are disobeying God. So how will God allow you to know about yourself if you don't know about him? I think there's something about this where they say, what is that? I can't even think off the top of my head. How like, if you want to know your creator, you need to, I'm sorry, if you want to know yourself, you need to know your creator. Because the more you try to get knowing to Allah, the more you will know yourself. You will learn so much about yourself when you try to learn about Allah. And it's very, very strange because Allah will just, show you parts of yourself and show you things about yourself that you never even knew existed it's it's beautiful mashallah so it's not necessarily him that made you happy it was it was who you used to be before and the question comes down to how can i be who i was before because after i got into that relationship yeah he gave me momentary happiness but i wasn't like completely happy and the question is, honestly, I hate to say this, but you really think that you really think who you were before is gonna come back? I mean, if you want to be honest with you, it's a very, very hot take of fifty fifty. Majority of the time, haram relationships and just getting off Allah's path, all those things make us a brand new person. And that brand new person can be a really, really good person or a really, really bad person. If you feel like you can become who you were before, become as naive but more happy and whatnot, then okay, go for it. But if you want me to be honest with you, I just don't, I never saw that case pulling through. I just don't. I never see anyone becoming who they were before. Because it just doesn't work like that. God blesses you with hardship and God blesses you with bad times and makes you realize things about yourself. It makes you in conditions that you can't control and whatnot. All these things so you can have character development, so you can have a better relationship with them, so you can grow, become a better person, whatever, right? That's why all this happens. And so for you to keep a mindset that I want to be like how I was before, like before I dated him. Yeah, you can get concepts and aspects of that, but you're not going to forever be that person. You're not. You know how you are right now when you're 14 is not how you're going to be when you're 22. How you are when you're 22 is not how you're going to be when you're 34. That's just not how it works. Because life puts you through certain detours and trials where you have absolutely no choice but to change who you are because you need to adapt to where you are in your journey. So let go of this mindset of forcing i need to be as happy and naive and this and that as i was before that's not always going to happen and if anything you need to find a way to learn more about yourself by learning more about god again that's just the number one hack to figure out who you are because he's the one that has made you and when you devout your time i'm sorry devout <laughs> i'm so sorry guys i woke up from a fat nap when you devote your time to god you learn things about yourself finally really the last couple i've seen which i've kind of talked about already is like where there's there's love and it's it's real love but it's very inconsistent in regards to actions so the first one was when you know y'all are just perfect but we don't know about the intentions the second one is like where someone's hurt and you're trying to fix them and it's a process of you know fixing each other and the third one is where you're sort of hurt and hopeless but this one is where there is love but there's inconsistency in action and the thing about this relationship is like this again like when you get married it's very common you'll see any of these cases but the thing is when you get married it's halal you're doing it for a reason unless baraka's there allah will help you whatever 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 in this case when you're in love with someone and they are very very inconsistent and flaky in their actions 
honestly, even before you get married and they can't sustain to keep you happy, what makes you think that you're going to be happy once you get married to them? Honestly, whatever you ignore before marriage just multiplies by 10 after you get married. So you need to get married with the aspect that I'm 80% okay with this person. But that's not what a lot of y'all do. Y'all are like, oh, you know, we're young right now. He's in high school. Yeah, he smokes weed. But it's a phase. He'll get over it. When we start a family, he'll stop. When we have kids, he'll stop. And yes, there are cases where he stopped. But there's majority of cases they don't stop. Because this is a habit and this is a part of their personality. And now you're telling them, we you take away a part of your personality. We're getting married now. No. Personal development, personal changes, especially in aspects when it comes to like, you know, drugs and bad habits that people may have that is something that one needs to work through on their own honestly i get it that in a relationship you can support each other and help each other like you know get out of those bad habits and yes it can work for one two six months but at one point or another i feel like dropping a bad habit has a lot to do with your own one being with how bad do you want to do it how bad do you want to become a better person and what is your focus and if someone in a relationship doesn't necessarily have a focus and they're just kind of free floating and they're just kind of they don't have an interest in making themselves better it's very very unlikely that you'll be able to change them they might change out of love for you but anytime a hardship comes up or you guys get an argument they'll instantly go back to whatever their coping mechanism was even if it was bad so if someone doesn't have the passion for self-growth and self-change for themselves and want good for themselves you can't make them have you can't make them want that that's not how that works you know there's some people they're dating for five years three years four years two years maybe even a year eight months and you can clearly tell like there's ups and downs but the person's itself their actions are inconsistent they say one thing they end up doing another they apologize you forgive repeat and it just seems like a cycle of inconsistency if you see that you're not even having the ability to be happy completely and freely and comfortably when you're in the dating phase and then you're getting you're trying to get married to them like does that even make sense because majority of the time I've noticed that it's really, I hate to say this, but it's really like 15, 14 year olds that really stick it out in a haram relationship. I mean, eh, I guess there's 19 and 20s too as well. It just depends really on the person. But like y'all, y'all will really bear it out because you know you'll get married in maybe 10 years from now. So you want to hold on to this person for those 10 years. What are you going to do? Live a life of misery for 10 years? This person can't even make you happy in the dating phase. But now, you know, another problem they have is, oh, I committed a haram relationship. I did zina. I did all these things with this person for three years now. I have no choice but to get married to them. And I'm very, very unhappy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, even if you didn't commit zina, you're mad, unhappy with them. But you're like, I already spent three years. So now what do I do? And I, there's no chance of me getting married in the new future. Leave. Leave. Yes, you messed up. You had three years of where you did not listen to God at all. But also from like a relationship aspect, three years and you wasn't happy. So you want to spend another 50 with him? You want to get married to him? You wasn't happy then. You think that you're going to get married and have a big wedding and then, you know, it's going to work out for like eight months and then back again here. Why? Why? Don't do that. You can literally turn back and repent. Make Toba. Drop him. First of all, drop him. Drop him. Because if he if he can't even keep you happy in like a dating phase... What's the point of even getting married to him? And honestly, some people, they're different. They're very, very different when they grow up. And eh, I wouldn't recommend 
writing it out, not just from a relationship aspect, but also from a religious aspect. As a religious aspect as a whole, you shouldn't be doing any of this. And I wanted to clarify that again, because I always have people that DM me in particular, and they're like, oh, so you're promoting it? No, but I, I can sit here and say, oh yeah, drop haram dating, which I am, but you also need to explain every single main popular case that you see and show how you can get out of it. Because it's very, very easy to generalize, but we also need to look at every single aspect. And when you look at a lot of these cases, you see that there's really no solution except leaving. Because haram relationships were never, ever meant to be in the first place. Another really big problem is like parents, they will force you to marry someone. So kids will start early and they'll try to find someone and they'll be like, I gotta find someone quickly, I gotta find someone. So when the topic of marriage comes up in my house, I have this person. But what happens in this little run is that they end up dating them. And now they end up dating them for five, six years. And now it's like you were intending on doing all this the halal way. And now you've done it the haram way. And now this happened. You know? So be wise about what you do. And be very, very, very careful. Every single thing that I talked about could all be avoided by boundaries. By putting Allah's laws and what he said into practice because when you did that you would have never ended up in this situation in the first place and if you're expecting to dip into a haram relationship and leave without it being painful you're stupid it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt it really will and it's gonna hurt a lot and it's not gonna be easy because there's gonna be a lot of days where you're gonna feel lonely we're gonna want to go back where you're wondering i did this for god and i don't hear god i don't feel god like where is he is god even real you're gonna have a lot of those days but that doesn't mean just because you have bad days, you give up on God. You know, you spent maybe five years in a haram relationship. And now that you left that haram relationship, you can't give two months to God. You can't give two months to see. And I literally, I'm my first podcast episode ever, by the way, if you scroll down, is this thing called the two-month challenge where you drop a sin for two months and see how your life changed. And 1000% your life always changes for the better. So I want you to do the same thing, especially with this relationship. If you are so adamant that this situation is not going to work, that I'm heartbroken, that I can't get out of this, that I'll never be able to like not talk to this person, and you know it's all gone downhill, then break up with him. Let him go. And you know sometimes your significant other, they'll be like, no, 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 let's stay, let's stay, let's work it out, let's fix it, let's fix it. Then... There's no route after that, really, except if, if you want to fix it, then accept doing it with the halal manner in mind because it won't get fixed long term without it being halal. And if you're in a haram relationship and you feel like it's impossible for you to leave, I 10 out of 10 really, I really do recommend you to get away from that whole situation for really two months and even five months. And if you feel like two months is not enough, and I'm talking like get away in terms of like breaking up with them. Like break up with them. Don't do no break and text each other once a week or text each other every other day. No, like get away. Like I'm talking like block numbers. Don't meet up. Avoid. Like the whole nine yards. Do it. Two months and five months. Really? You're going to notice yourself becoming happier. It's not going to be easy at first. You're going to feel sad, whatever, whatever. But you need the time away to understand yourself. And you need the time away to see that while, yeah, being lonely after having years of haram relationship upon me is hard, it's not impossible. God made you lonely when you were born. You're going to die alone. Okay? So don't rely so much on someone to keep you happy and give you company. 
There's nothing wrong with being alone. When you're alone, you learn more about God. You learn more about yourself if you choose to. Or you can just sit there and complain every single day. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I don't have anything to do. I'm lonely. It's your choice. You get to decide. And when you decide to leave this haram relationship, yeah, it's going to hurt. But I promise you from the bottom of my heart, bro, no matter how many months or years or whatever it takes, you will end up happier. Without a shadow of a doubt, you will be happy. Because you're going to be following the route that God has chosen for you. Not the route that you chose for yourself. When you date someone, you make your perceptions and your judgments on them. Okay, they have a job, they're, you know, they're persistent, they're consistent, whatever. You have your characteristic boxes that you check off. You're like, okay, this is a great person. And even though it's haram, you continue to do it. This was your judgment. And after you leave your judgment and your desires and you realize that they don't make you happy and you go on God's judgment and God, what God has willed for you, you're going to notice yourself being happier. I promise. And one thing that really, really helps, this is going to sound weird, but you know when you're in a haram relationship, you have a habit of sharing how your day went with someone. I highly recommend you guys at night to lay down and before you sleep, do dhikr and then sit there and then talk to God about how your day went. Not mentally, literally sit there and talk. Like, who cares if anyone judges you? Do it. Whisper it. Talk about it to God. There is something that this does for you that just changes everything. There is something about just sitting there and vocally just saying it instead of thinking it in your brain. And when I first started doing this, I started doing it when I was very, very lonely and I cut off a lot of my really, really bad friends. And I was like, I'm done keeping friendships with bad people. So I had no one to talk to. So I used to do this at night and just tell God about my day. When I first started doing it, I was like, what's the point? He knows what my day went like. He saw it. What's the point? The point here is in this for you. You talk to God every single day. You talk to God about how you felt in certain situations what was your weak moment? What was your strong moment? What made you happy? You talk about it slowly, but surely you start to rely on it. Because there is this crazy, crazy, heartwarming feeling that comes when you talk about your day to God. You need to try it at night before you knock it. Like, it is something you have to try. There is this really, really weird heartwarming feeling that it feels like someone has heard you and it feels like someone is just there. Like, they understood everything. And then... You just sleep better after that too. I'm being honest. This was my experience. And inshallah, I know that it'll work out just as great for you guys as well. And I also recommend you guys to wake up for tahajjud. I always tell this to everybody. Do it. Because at this time, you know, they say that this is a very, very special time. Obviously, I think we all know that. Whatever dua you make at this time, really, if it's good for you, it's not going to miss. It's going to come true. And sometimes you might be making dua to get married to someone else. And you might not get married to them you'll find yourself and sometimes losing someone to love yourself is the best thing that can happen inshallah if you take anything out of this honestly please leave leave because whether or not your relationship falls in these four categories is going to fall in a different category and even this category will have its flaws your relationship's never going to be perfect when it's haram is there a possibility that it might be very 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 good when you get married to someone in the halal wave, yeah, possible. There are some couples where they have all the problems in the world, but when it comes between them, like those two individuals alone, it's absolutely perfect. That's a blessing from Allah. And you know, if you're blessed with that, that that's a possibility. You can have that too. But you can't expect to want to raise a happy family and happy kids and a happy you if you're with someone who doesn't even want to 
necessarily do that. They don't even have goals in their own brain and they don't want to do self-development for themselves. Moreover, they don't want to make it halal. If they don't have a guilt about the fact that it's haram, then are you really with someone that's a good person? The way that their ahira will end, the way that your ahira will end, will that be something you want your kids to follow? No. And if anything, when you walk on these steps and you don't imply the deen, your kids end up doing the same. Majority of the time. And if anything, again, a relationship where God is not the center, it's never a relationship that lasts long term. It isn't. It just doesn't. It never ends up lasting that much because there's always going to be problems. When you center God in every single thing that you do in your life, whether you are single or whether you are married, you will notice that your life will become a lot more happier. So inshallah, this benefited someone. I hope that, you know, a lot of you guys decide to leave your haram relationships after this, inshallah. May Allah keep all of you so, so, so happy and I hope that all of you guys are blessed and safe. Assalamu alaikum.